body weight movements, stretching, um, staying hydrated, you know, trying to get more protein in. Uh, those would be the, the big things that everyone can do uh, to get better, but especially something that someone just starting off can do to make sure that they're starting off on the right track. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Being Rare Podcast Live Edition. This is our first episode of 2023. So first and foremost, Happy New Year. We are so excited for today's conversation. Today we are talking about self-care and the importance of keeping yourself a priority when you are navigating a rare disease journey. Joining me for today's conversation are three dynamic folks who I have had the pleasure of knowing either all of their lives or for a short time on social media. We've connected, we've had conversations, and we wanted to share those conversations with you. Dr. Aditi, Michelle, and Jeff will be helping me talk about self-care and how you can get started in as little as seven minutes at home. Hey guys, welcome to the Big World Podcast. Hi, hi. <laughs> awesome. So to really get things started, I want to just kind of start with just really, really quick introductions so everybody knows who we're talking to. So Dr. Aditi, I will start with you. Please share with our audience who you are and your connection to rare disease. Um, so my name is Aditi. I am currently a health equity fellow for the Rare Disease Diversity Coalition, the RDDC. Um, I'm a physician, but I do a lot of nonprofit work and uh, yeah, I'm happy to be here. <laughs> I know we've awesome. had some lovely conversations, so um, thank you for having me. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you so much for being here, Michelle. Hi, so I'm Michelle. You might know me on social media as Mama Bear for Rare. I feel like I talk to a lot of people and they're like, wait, what's your actual name? Because I just go by Mama Bear for Rare. But I do have a real name. It's Michelle. I um, became an advocate when my daughter Haley was diagnosed with a rare disease, Jordan syndrome. And I needed somewhere to channel all of my emotions and trying to navigate this kind of isolating disease. I I found my community on social media and it just grew from there. So that's kind of how I got involved in all things social media. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here. And last but not least, Jeff. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I'm Jeff. Um, I am a coach uh, at Anytime Fitness, uh, certified through NS, uh, NASM. Um, I am the brother of the very special and goofy Elijah. Uh, so I guess that's my connection to the rare community. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here. Um, so we are going to just jump right into this conversation of self-care. I don't know about you, but when I first really heard the conversation of self-care, there was this misconception for me. Um, the way that it was being described was time alone. And that's how people were promoting self-care. It wasn't until recently, and I mean within the past year or so, that I really understood what self-care means for me. It doesn't mean doing myself, it's doing, it's doing something for myself. So I really wanted to start the conversation there what do you think self-care is? What does 
what does self-care mean to you? And I'll start with you, Michelle, just being another rare mom. I would really love your perspective on that. I, I think it's funny that you say that because self-care when, you know, people are like, you need to make sure to take care of yourself. Motherhood's hard. And with, you know, a, a child with disabilities and this rare disease, you know, you need to figure out what to do. Take a shower, take a few extra minutes, go to the grocery store alone. And I'm like, okay, that sounds great. And I was doing that and I wasn't feeling refreshed or better or connected to really anything other than having this alone time. And that was great. Like I did have alone time, but I didn't feel like I was actually taking care of myself. And I think that I really learned that self-care was like really actually caring for myself because how do you care for anybody else if you don't care for yourself? And it started with honestly, I think my health and, and fitness, um, which some people are like working out, like, is that even fun? And I dreaded it, but then I realized it actually made me feel so much better. So I take care of myself. I wake up at 4 a.m. and we got a Peloton and I love it. Like I am obsessed with it and it, it just makes my day feel that much, not easier, but it just gives me a different sense of accomplishment. Like, okay, I got up at four, I worked out, I showered, I'm ready to tackle the day. So that's just like one form of self-care for me. But also I enjoy going out with friends and with my husband and you know, just making sure I'm taking time to do all those things. So I think self-care really is not just one or two things. It's just doing a lot of things that just bring you happiness and joy. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a really good perspective. I know I shared in, um, I was in a conversation with a group of women and, um, and, and I answered, you know, what is self-care to me? Um, one of my answers was spending time with my husband and the group laughed. And I went on to explain that, you know, self-care, kind of like you said, self-care is not spending time alone. Like that's, that's doing something by yourself, but that doesn't make that self-care. Um, you know, I enjoy spending time with my husband. And so that was a version of my self-care. I just found it really interesting that, that it was to some degree amusement, <laughs> because people really believe that self-care is, is being um, isolated from everything and everybody else. Um, Dr. Aditi, I would love your perspective uh, on self-care and your thoughts about it. Yeah, I think um, self-care is really interesting. It's like a buzzword that we're using now. Um, for me, I feel like self-care, like, cause we're so inundated with information coming in from like media or phone, like you know, the phone, we get so many notifications in a day. Um, and so I think just taking a step back, self-care is trying to be aware in the present moment. Like we're not somewhere else. Yeah. It, it's just like in that moment, we're fully present in that space. Like that for me is self-care. And, you know, it fills like, for lack of a better term, like it fills my cup kind of thing. Like, how do you leave after doing that activity, like, are you energized? <laughs> then that, that is probably good self-care. And I think that can mean different things to different people, but um, mm -hmm. that's kind of the way that I'm seeing it right now. Yeah. yeah. That's a really, and that's a really good perspective, just being in the moment, because how many times do you feel like you're running on autopilot? You know yeah. what I mean? Like you're, you're yeah. not, you're, you're not really present. You're just <laughs> operating. You're just functioning. <laughs> exactly. Um, 
So that's, I mean, that's a really, I have never thought about it like that. Just really being present in whatever those actions are. Are, yeah. Is self-care. That, yeah, I like that. I like that. All right, coach, what do you have? What do, When you think about self-care, um, like, what are your thoughts about that? Well, honestly, um, it's funny because, like, I'm going to piggyback off uh, both Michelle and uh, Aditi uh, because um, having that moment of, you know, being able to just be in the moment um, is something that is um, a version of self-care for me uh, because, like, I spend most of my day going from client to client to client all day. Um, so most of the time I do end up just in that autopilot mode where it's like, a, all right, like, yes, I have a different person. Um, yes, they have their different goals, um, but the conversation might be the same of, oh, did you see the Auburn football game? Or, um, oh, who you think is going to win the Super Bowl or something like that. Okay. Um, so like, it's really easy to go into that autopilot mode. Um, so for me, once I'm done, um, it's a case of like, I have my workout now. Um, I can just kind of put the blinders on, be aware um, of everything that I am done for the day mm-hmm. and uh, just be able to, you know, put in my work, not focus on anything else outside of, you know, how much weight I'm going to do or how long I plan on being in the gym or something like that. And mm-hmm. then possibly coming home, playing the game to just completely relax uh, at yeah. the very end of the day. So that yeah. is my self-care. Yeah, that that decompress. I think, you know, and I think a lot of times we don't do enough of that. You know, we just we just go through the course of the day and we don't take those times to just kind of um, just like let the day leave us. You know what I mean? Like just being present in the workday is done. Now this is, you know, we, this is family time. Now everybody's in the bed. So now this is my time. You know what I mean? Like, I think, I think it's just, it's so easy to be on autopilot. Um, really, really great perspectives. Um, so Michelle, let me ask you, um, you know, you and I both are parents to children with rare diseases. And we know that um, that's a journey within itself. How do you keep yourself a priority? You know, I, I know you get up at 4 a.m. and you do your workout and, and that really kind of boosts um, the day for you. But how, how do you keep that routine? How do you keep that, um, how do you keep yourself a priority as you navigate being a rare disease mom and a wife um, I think I saw on your social media that you work outside of the home. So how do you keep yourself a priority in that, in that instance? You know, it's funny you say that because, you know, I have a child with different needs and I'm also, um, a special educator. So it's, it's kind of like my life is fully immersed in that. And I think it's hard not to, you know, just live that, breathe that, think about it all the time. And you know, it's not healthy, I think, to just constantly focus on, you know, rare disease and, you know, advocating all the time because, you know, in the, at the end of the day, you need to advocate for yourself and do what you need to do to make sure that you're good because if you're not good, no one else is. Yeah. And I think that I hold myself accountable. Honestly, I'm a strong believer in therapy and 
I, I do see a therapist periodically just to check in or, or honestly just to vent because sometimes I don't want to vent to my husband and put it all on him. And, you know, cause he's dealing with his own stuff too. And, you know, I think therapy for me has been amazing because my therapist is kind of the one who pushed me and said, why don't you, you know, work out? Like that's something that you've talked about, do it. And mm-hmm. she pushed me to write. And, um, you know, I think that, you know, some people might not admit it, but I, I love therapy and I, and I'm an, a proponent for it and an advocate for it. So I think that that has definitely helped me also have, you know, an hour or however long it is to just kind of get it all out there, have a good cry and, you know, just have some me time. Like that's me time. I can just keep talking and no one's going to interrupt me unless they have something to say. And it's like, I'm just going to keep talking and it, it feels really good. So that definitely yeah. has been something that's helped me navigate these uncharted, uncharted, like unique waters. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think something you said, it really hits home for me about, um, you know, you, you're, you're always immersed in being in the rare disease space and being a parent and a caregiver and an advocate. Um, you know, I, you know, my husband and I, we joke about sometimes we forget that Elijah has the medical complexities that he has because we try to not live in it all the time. You know what I mean? Like we try to, we try to just have a sense of normalcy and um, he'll knock something over and we'll say, Elijah, knowing that he can't help it, but it's just, it's something about the normal, um, the normalcy of childhood, I think that, that we just, we have to just remember, oh, that's right, he has special health needs because we don't want to live, eat, and breathe it all the time. You know, you can you can really find yourself in 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 a in a really deep mental state. You know, when you when that's all you eat, breathe, and live, like you have to crawl out of this. It doesn't remove that it exists but it does help create a, a, um, a different narrative for the life you want to live. So I think that's a really good perspective. I'm glad you shared that. Just, just really trying to not live in that every single moment of every single day. Can um, I just add really quickly? Yeah. I think it's so funny that, you know, it's like when he does something that's like typical behavior, it's the same thing with Haley when she is doing something that like she shouldn't be doing. We yeah. reprimand her the same way we would our typical five-year-old and you know I, I think that gives us joy to see her doing things that you know she's not supposed to be doing like kicking our glass door I'm like good for you but like also stop but I, I love that you get that like you understand yeah. that the beauty behind that right exactly exactly there is very much beauty behind it um so I do want to ask you Michelle about um how do you and your husband find time but I'm going to come back to that. Um, Dr. Aditi has this really cool Move for Seven campaign. And I want to bring that into the conversation because we're really trying to empower people to understand how you can take simple things and turn those into self-care moments for yourself. So um, Aditi, I would love for you to share more about your Move to Seven campaign. Um, you know, how did that, how did you create it? Where was it? Where did it birth from? 
Yeah. So the Move for Seven campaign actually birthed from my own self-care moment. I was, I like to do spinning. Um, So recently I just got certified uh, as a spin instructor. And I was thinking, because I do a lot of uh, like, you know, there's a lot of walkathons that happen and uh, like marathons that happen for specific causes. Like we see that in the rare space. Um, but even like with breast cancer and health conditions and raising awareness. And I was like, but those things kind of happen on like a yearly basis yeah. or like a six month, every six months you see something popping up. But I was like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if we had something every week? And so what I did in my town is I said, like, ride for rare, we're going to ride for rare, for rare diseases, and this is going to be my thing. Um, And it's going to be like uh, an empowering playlist, and I'm going to have the playlist curated, but then I didn't get any, um, uh, it didn't really click with my town. (laughs) No one was coming out. So then I'm like, oh, well, I think this is a cool idea, but how do I get this out there? So, you know, the world is your oyster and, you know, there's people like you can build a community virtually now. So I was like, okay, let's uh, put move for seven. And I was talking to a friend and colleague of mine, Shiv, who is, um, he does a lot of health education um, in the rare disease space as well. And he, his company, he runs a platform called Osmosis. And it's called, uh, so he announced 2023 as Ear of the Zebra. And I said, wow, I think we're on the same page here. Like, this is really cool because I hadn't talked to him about it before, but um, this fits really well with this idea, like moving with purpose and um, with 2023 being announced for something for rare diseases, I think fits right in. So uh, that's how the idea came. (laughs) Awesome. I love that. I love that this year, the year of the zebra. That is so cool. Um, Yeah. I mean, I love that. And I think, so let me ask you, why, why seven? You know, why, why seven minutes? Yeah, seven minutes. So I chose seven because of 7,000 rare diseases. Like that's kind of the number that is floating around uh, with how many rare diseases. That, that list, that number is growing day by day, but um, I see it cited in the literature a lot. So move for seven was seven for 7,000 rare diseases. Um, And then seven minutes, well, it's just to symbolize, like, I mean, I think, and it's not like, oh, you know, you have to go do like, uh, like some intense exercise activity. It's like, what's, what's manageable within our day? Like start with seven minutes Mm -hmm. and then you build that momentum to like, oh, okay. Like, 15 minutes and 25 minutes and then you just keep getting better so start small but that small little achievement can lead to big things it just it makes sense to start small and gradually build so i'll bring in let me bring in coach jeff here for for this piece of here um this piece of the conversation this concept of starting small and gradually growing why does that make sense just from a health perspective um why does it make sense? Um, why does something like Move for Seven um, make so much sense if you're just getting started on uh, an activity journey of your self-care? self-care? Uh, well, honestly, it's because uh, depending on the, the level of experience that most people are coming into, um, it's, it's not really a lot that they really know to do. So 
you know, uh, January comes around, a lot of people come into the gym um, and they've taken that first step to, all right, I want to do better, but they're still in the gym with all the equipment and they still don't necessarily know what to do. Mm -hmm. um, so something like the Move 7 would be really good because it's like, uh, all right, I just need to go do something for a brief seven minutes. Uh, whether that's like going for a walk um, or doing like some bodyweight squats in my living room doing a commercial break um, or something like that. Um, it's just easier to get started um, with that route instead of trying to just jump in it's like all right i'm going to work out for an hour today even though i have no clue what i'm going to do at all i think that's why um i wanted to make sure to mention move for seven because um i agree that a lot of people are intimidated by the gym um especially if you know you haven't worked out in years or um you know, or, you know, you're self-conscious about being in the gym with all the fit people. Um, I think it's really good to, to use some of those examples, you know, the ads during your TV show or, you know, getting, as you're preparing dinner, it's just, it, it doesn't have to be as intense as I think we make it when it comes to just getting moving for our self-care. So I think something like hashtag move for seven is, <laughs> a great way to get started. So Dr. Aditi, why is it so important um, for folks to share their movements um, publicly on social media using the hashtag move for seven? What's, what's your goal behind having people publicly share their movements? Um, so I think the way that I kind of envision it to be is like one, you know, you get moving and it's, it's good for your body, but also, you can really stand in solidarity with the rare community um, because of, and I'll, you know, let Michelle and uh, you, both of you, as rare parents, I think you know the challenges that come with a rare diagnosis and the isolation, and I, I won't speak on that, but um, it's a really, I think, uh, good way to advocate for a community while kind of helping yourself and you post it online and then another person sees it and it's like oh okay like you know that is infectious right so um so it's again it builds momentum for the movement in so That's, many ways so you're you're raising awareness but you're doing something good for yourself um so i i don't know and no money so right? <laughs> we're yeah. not asking for money uh we're asking for your support Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I think that's really great because I think you're right. I think I think people, when people see other people doing it, especially in as little as seven minutes, and it's something that they've been thinking about already, they see it as an opportunity to, I can do that. You know what I mean? Like it is that momentum and that encouragement. Mm -hmm. um, so I just, let me jump back to Michelle. I wanted to, to make sure to ask, you know, um, as, a, as a spouse, as a wife, um, we, we incorporate all of 
you know, our self-care routines for ourselves and try to figure out how to keep ourselves at the forefront of our own health as we navigate caring for our children um, with rare diseases. But I'm also curious, how do you find time um, for your husband? How do you find time for your spouse? Um, and, and what does that dynamic look like for you? So, it, you know, we are still kind of navigating that. I mean, like, I would love a date night every Saturday. Realistically, it doesn't happen. Um, but, you know, we are trying to find more date nights, just the two of us. Like, you know, we've made some beautiful friendships in our town and we do a lot of things with, you know, families and, and that's wonderful, but it's so important to make sure that it's just us at the end of the day. because That's where this all started. So little things like we find shows that we like together. And I literally, when we're watching a show together and I know that after the kids are, you know, off to bed, like I'm excited all day thinking about just watching that show. And it's, I know it's like, so like such a small thing, but to me, it just, it brings me happiness when like we're watching a show and we're excited to talk about it. And mm -hmm. I don't know, it's just like, that's our, our new thing lately. Like we're just finding shows that we both like together. And um, I don't know, it's, it's been something that I think has just kind of brought us together a little bit more. Um, so date nights are great, but something as simple as watching a Netflix show or whatever it is together has been really helpful in just a different type of connection. Mm -hmm. Like I have to agree, we, you know, we will, like my husband, he hates grocery shopping, but, but he will go because my, my daughter who's home, um, she can watch Elijah long enough for us to like run to the store. And, and that's something now we do together. Like we will just, we will grocery shop. And it's just, like you said, it's just finding a show or just a way to spend that time and connect with, with just each other. Um, which is why I was so, I was so taken aback when the group of ladies laughed, you know, like, like it just, it makes sense that that's a, a portion of your self-care because you don't want to lose, like you said, the connection that brought you to this spot, you know, so it's really important to make sure um, you find that time for each other as you're navigating all of this, this other stuff. And so at the end let me see. Day, though, too, like, you know, you have all this community, but like your spouse is the one that's really going through it with you. Like they know the right. outs of like your everything. So you want to make sure to keep that connection strong and alive so that you have that open communication with each other. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because I know one thing that my husband and I talk about a lot is how often dads are excluded from a lot of the conversations when it comes to caring for, um, you know, kiddos with rare diseases or just in general, like dads are often not a part of the narrative, even though they are so in it, just like we are. Um, so that is a conversation. We are actually, quick plug, we are actually starting a couples conversation for our Being Rare podcast. So stay on the lookout for those conversations. Um, um, quick plug, shout out. So let me just say real quick, let me go to Coach Jeff really fast and we're going to be coming to our wrap up. So for Coach Jeff, um, we have talked about the Move for Seven campaign. We have talked about the different things that, um, that we're doing to, to get moving and, and get active. Um, give us some practical tips. How can people get started at home? Um, just really incorporating movement and activity into their self-care routine. 
<clears throat> so uh, yeah, um, the the biggest thing uh, that I have just seen over my time so far, um, something that I've even been working on myself. So in my own experience, is definitely getting more stretches in, um, finding ways to stretch more, stay limber. Um, it will help the joints, help the muscles. Um, overall, just keep you feeling better, um, not stiff. Um, that's something that everyone should always be trying to find a way to incorporate, whether that's in the morning, um, at night, just throughout the day. Um, so stretching is always something that is good to keep you moving. Um, but as far as you know, an actual exercise or things like that, um, something that I do believe is just highly underrated for whatever reason um, is body weight movements. Um, you, you have people that come into the gym um, looking to do better um, and they will either immediately go to cardio or they will immediately go to the free weights, barbells, dumbbells, all of that, trying to, um, you know, go back to the, the weight room. Um, but something that I found is uh, body weight movements, being able to control your own body weight um, is so much more beneficial um, to start off. And it's something you can literally do anywhere um, because it's you. So uh, whether that's in the gym environment, if that's just something that's easier for your, your mental um, you know, I will admit I'm probably not the best at trying to be productive and work out at home. Um, so a gym setting would be something better for me to do that. Um, but for the people that are able to work out at home, um, the body weight movements are still something that they can do and have an effective workout to get started without necessarily needing any weights. Um, so whether that be your lunges, your squats, your push-ups, sit-ups, um, things like that to work the overall uh, muscles in the body. Um, all of those would be really good to start off with. Um, so from there, yeah, just body weight movements, stretching, um, staying hydrated, you know, trying to get more protein in. Uh, those would be the, the big things that everyone can do uh, to get better, but especially something that someone just starting off can do to make sure that they're starting off on the right track. That's really, really good. Really, really good. I love the body weight movements. I have to say, I, I sometimes struggle with just movement and activity at home. Um, sometimes I you know, I have had my best success in a gym setting, um, but I, I do try to be aware when I'm using needing the gym as an excuse to not move at all. Um, and so um, I think that's really, really good advice to where you can just do those body weight movements. All right, guys, so we are going to wrap up the information that we have shared. I hope it's been helpful. Um, I do want to go ahead and let you guys know, um, Dr. Aditi is the author of The Zebra Alphabet, um, which is a book, the world's first alphabet book for rare conditions that spreading kindness one alphabet at a time. I will make sure to put her um, social media handle in the description of this episode. 
Um, you can find Michelle for sure on Instagram. She is a digital creator. She raises awareness about Jordan syndrome, one reel at a time. I love that. Her reels are so good. I have actually do edit one of them. That was my favorite <laughs> it was, one. <laughs> it was so fun. It was so fun. And Jeff is a um, certified National Academy of Sports Medicine personal trainer. So um, he is a health enthusiast. And I will make sure to put his all of their information in the description of this episode. Okay, so before we say goodbye, any last thoughts from any of you? Please leave our audience with just a word of encouragement, whatever you'd like to leave as we close out the conversation. I will start with Dr. Adi. Um, last thoughts, I think, oh gosh, you put me on the spot. Maybe I come back. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> I <need> I, <laughs> okay, Michelle. Um, you know, just remember that you may have a family, you may have kids, and a husband, but at the end of the day, you are left with yourself and you need to make sure that you're taking care of your body, your mind, everything before you can take care of anyone or anything else. So self-care, do it. Yes, I love that. That is so good. Jeff, what you got? Uh, so uh, going along with that, um, making sure you're taking care of the body. Uh, it is self-care, so it is for you. So making sure that you're understanding that, remembering that, and um, when it gets to those days where it is a little bit tougher, um, knowing that you are doing it for you so that you can be there for mm. the people that you love. So uh, continue to keep working hard and uh, hope you uh, do well. Yeah, that's really good. Remembering that you're doing it for you so you can be the best version of yourself for the people that you're caring about. Oh, that's good. Dr. Aditi. Um, again, just echoing off what Jeff and Michelle said, um, I being, yeah, being the best version of yourself so you can give to others and, you know, um, because we play a lot of different roles and you, it all come, it all operates from one being and you need the mind, you need the body, they work in conjunction. So just keeping all of that in sync <laughs> yeah. to sort of um, execute whatever you need to do. Really. Yeah. 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 And being present, you know, like you said earlier, just, just making sure you're being present and intentional in all of those things. Well, I appreciate you three so much for hanging out with us. Um, to our viewers and our listeners, as always, we thank you so much. If you have not already subscribed to the Being Rare podcast, go ahead and do that. You can find us on any platform um, that you listen to podcasts. And for the audio version or the video version, you can find it on our Being Rare YouTube. So until oh. the next up, no, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I'm sorry. I cut you off. No, it's okay. I had a little thought though. Yeah, come on. Uh, <laughs> I can, look, I can work it in. It's fine. <laughs> okay. My little thought was sometimes, you know, like, you know, self-care, we don't, we don't get to do that every day. And, you know, there's always challenges that come up and pop up, you know, maybe that's for one day or one week, your challenge, 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 but you know, it's okay. Uh, you got this. <laughs> yeah. There's a community to support you. Um, so you're, you're never really alone um in this yeah. yeah that's really good 
that's, I mean, that's how Michelle and I found it. I felt that. <laughs> Thank you. Like, really, I mean, that's truly how we found each other on social media and and just connected. I mean, now we share recipes. And, <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's, it's, I mean, you're so right. Like, you just, you, there is a community. And the great thing about it is everybody in the community um, supports each other. But you always find a group of people that you are just so much more drawn to. And I think that that's how Michelle and I connected. Like we just, we just, it was just an instant connection from just social media. And so I think, I think it's just so important to walk in with expectation, but also realizing that um, support and connection are both great, but they're both different. And so I think you just, you walk in knowing that um, you're going to connect with the people that you're supposed to connect with, and it's going to turn out great for both people involved. And so um, yeah. I think that's a, really, that's a really, really great um, perspective. You, we got your back. If you are looking for support, we are your team. The four of us, we are, we are your tribe. We are your community. So um, um, thank you to everybody for hanging out with us. Um, we appreciate you so much. Until the next episode, be rare. Thanks so much, guys. Thank y'all for being here. Thank you. <laughs>